Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 8888352414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. (laughs) I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Sama from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time, and as usual... Yeah, I got another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering your questions. Yes, that's right. This entire episode is geared towards answering the specific questions that you all have called in. It's going to be all Q&A and the topics range from traffic generation to podcasting, product creation to tweeting, video video distribution services to AdSense, and much, much more. I don't know if I'm going to get to all of the questions in this one episode, and I might have to split it up either way my main goal is to fill this episode with a ton of value so that you can get the info you need to create content inspire others and change the world that's what we're gonna be talking about today All right, all right, exciting, exciting stuff. I am so excited. I'm pumped to get this episode recorded. And I got a lot of people calling in questions, and I'm, I mean, that's just exciting to me. People from all over the globe, and it's, ah, I'm, I'm excited. But first things first, got to let you know that this video is brought to, not video, this is not a video. Is this a video? I don't think it's a video, right? All right, so this episode is brought to you by my 10 free videos at freebloggingvideos.com. Do you have a blog? I mean, are you are you looking to start one? Are you not sure how to set it up? Freebloggingvideos.com. It's 10 free videos to help you get up and running fast. I show you basically how to do all the things that you need to do to get your blog up in the right way to maximize your potential so that you can grow your blog. So if you are someone that's interested in blogging, and you haven't gotten started yet, or if you have gotten started yet and you just want to check to see if you did things the the, the best way for really building your blog, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com. That's the first announcement. Second announcement, next week's podcast episode. I am so excited about it. It's an interview that I did with Marlee Ward from marleeward.com. And the reason I'm excited about it is because when we started to record it, I I had no idea what we were going to talk about. It's it's one that I went into 100% unplanned because I was trying to experiment on something just to see how that would turn out. And we just had a blast. Um, so I am excited and um, it turned out very well. And I think you're going to get a lot of value from it. So make sure to tune in next week for that episode. You are going to love it. All right. So we have a, a bunch of questions to get through and I'm not going to talk much before the questions. I'm just going to dive in because because I want to see how many questions I can fit into this episode. I have 12 questions that were called in and a few that were left on Facebook and um, uh, Google+. And I want to see how many I can get into this episode without having to um, push 
too many over to the next one. So let's get to the first question. The first question is from Pete from alljeepsforsale.com. So take it away, Pete. Hi, Leslie. This is Pete from Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, I love the show. I got your email about uh, the subject of Ask Me Anything. And I do have a question for you. I just started a new uh, classifieds website um, uh, targeting uh, Jeep Jeep owners uh, for Jeeps for sale. The website is alljeepsforsale.com. And my question is, how can I increase um, SEO and create a sense of community and uh, try to get some, uh, some more postings and traffic and activity on the site? Uh, once again, enjoy the show. Uh, thanks. If you can answer this question and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks. Pete, thank you so much for calling in that question. I wanted to deal with that question first because I know it's a question that a lot of people have. How do you get traffic to your site? How do you create that community so that your blog is not just this place where it has some ads or it has some um, just you know good information, but it also has a community behind it? That is a very important question. And I have a few tips for you. Now, there are a few questions I want you to ask yourself, and these are questions that I can't answer for you. Number one, who is your target audience specifically? Who are you trying to get to? Are you trying to get to people that already own Jeeps? Are you trying to get to people that are interested in you know, owning a Jeep but they don't quite have one? Are you trying to get to all male, or is it male or female? Who specifically are you trying to target? And once you have known, once you you know who that is, then you can go about really targeting those people and getting them there. And there are a number of ways that you can do it. Um, in terms of defining your target audience, I want to tell you to go back to episode 107, becomeablogger.com slash episode 107. And I want you to, to look at how I went about defining my target audience, because I think it's a very important concept that a lot of people skip over. Um, and, and, and the more detail you can get about that, the better it's going to be. So once you know who your target audience is, you need to ask you this, this next question. What gets them pumped? What gets them excited? What do they want to see? What are they looking for? And once you've answered that question, that is what you need to create. That is the type of content that you need to create. So that when I go to your blog, and I'm at your blog right now at all alljeepsforsale.com. I'm at your website and I see there are a number of different categories. There's an account place, contact, submit, and forum and resources, but there's no content to engage me. That's the first thing I think you need to do. Create that engaging content that is targeting your specific target audience. That is step number one. The next thing you want to do is go out there and let them know that they're there. Um, and actually, before I get into that, so when you're talk, when I'm talking about content that that's engaging to your target audience, if your target audience is Jeep lovers, uh, maybe some stories about Jeeps, about how to do some awesome things with your Jeeps. Um, you want to build a tribe around people who love their Jeeps, and if you're a part of that audience, you know exactly what they want. Give that to them. And then, as I was just going to say, go out there and find them. Where are they online? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? Are there other blogs in your niche that you can um, possibly guest post on that can get traffic coming back to your website? Are there strong communities online for Jeep lovers? Are you a part of those communities? If you're not, 
you need to be a part of those communities and let people know that you you are passionate about this this Jeep thing and get other people who are passionate about it too. You don't want to focus on just the, on selling Jeeps. You want to focus on loving Jeeps. And if you can get people there that love Jeeps, that love your content, that love what it is you're offering because they are a part of your target audience and you are creating great content, they are more likely to stick. They are more likely to post their Jeeps on there for sale when they have something for sale. So for anyone that's listening to this and you have a website and you don't have have a, a, a community there. Think about your target audience. Think about what gets them excited, what keeps them engaged. Create that kind of content on a regular basis and then go to the places where they are online and you know, be active in those communities. And of course, as a part of that, you also want to bring people back to your blog. So I hope that answered your question, Pete. And I'm going to move on to the next question from Butch from butchgibson.com. And this has to do with post and page structure. So take it away, Butch. Hey, Leslie Samuel. My name is Butch Gibson. I am what I'd call a professional podcast procrastinator. All the way from butchgibson.com in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I am uh, really going on a four-year degree as far as procrastinating and not podcasting. But anyway, I do have a, a question that uh, I will ask. Uh, the question is, is pretty basic, pretty simple, but I, I'm, I'm having trouble with it. Within WordPress, I, I'm still kind of learning it, and what I see is like if I make a, a post, uh, a, a post on a particular page that it seems to do just like a run on and all the information that I post is all in that same page. I'm kind of thinking maybe I need to set up categories and post a page to fit in a category so that it will eventually show up like everybody else's podcast episodes that I see where most what I would like is I would like to see the individual brief preview of what the actual post or episode is and then the click to see more and then it goes to a separate page and but right now what I'm just seeing is just on the page that I have that it's it's just running on maybe I need to set that particular page as the blog page within WordPress or like I said maybe I need to set up categories and when I post a page that I put it in this certain category just not quite sure. And that's pretty basic, and I haven't heard anybody like really cover that in the various podcasts that I've listened to. I hope I'm not going over my, my uh, one-minute mark, but um, that's all I got. Uh, one last thing. Let me try this. 888-835-2414. I got the number down now. Peace. There you go. I love it. I love that. I love it, Butch. Um, uh, yeah, you got the number down. <laughs> hey, Butch, man. Um, a professional podcast procrastinator. Now, that's a new occupation. I haven't heard about that yet, but hey, what are you waiting for? Get that podcast started. I can tell that you have the personality for it, so just get out there and do it. That's my encouragement to you. But that's not the question that you asked. You asked a question about pages and posts and the structure and all that kind of stuff, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, now, first, I want to talk about the difference between a post and a page, because these are two different concepts. A page is something that is a static page, I'll use that word again, on your website. For example, when you go to becomeablogger.com, you can go to my about 
page. That is something that's not changing um, often. It changes once in a while, but it's not something where I'm updating content every week or anything of that sort. There's a podcast page where I list all of my podcast episodes. There's a resource page where I list a number of resources for people that are interested in blogging. Those are pages. Those That's not content that you're updating on a regular basis. Then there are posts. A post is content that you're creating and it gets posted in a chronological order, okay? So, well, a, a reverse chronological order. Basically, what happens is when you create a post, that is the top visible thing on your blog, usually, depending on how your blog is set up. But then when you create another post, a new post, it pushes that post down, and the new post that you just created, that is what you see at the top of the page. So, that's the difference between a post and a page. A post is the dynamically the, the dynamic content that you are creating on a regular basis. Now, when it comes to categories, categories are for posts. So if I create a bunch of posts and um, there are some that are about traffic generation, I can have them in a traffic generation category. If they are, these posts are related to my podcast, I can have them in a podcast category. So it is very important to be strategic about the categories that you are posting on your blog. Think about your niche. Think about what topics you're going to be covering. What are the broad topics? Create a few categories. How many categories you think is going to be relevant to the content that you're creating? And then you're going to be, every time you make a post, you want to select the appropriate category. Now, in terms of, you know, when you come to becomeablogger.com, you're just seeing the most recent post and you're just seeing an excerpt, a little piece of that post and you can click to read more. That is because my post, my, my theme is set up in a way that it does that. It's set to just highlight the most recent posts in a way that you can click through to go to those individual posts. That depends on your theme to a certain extent. Any theme can be modified to do that, but it may take some extra coding and all that kind of stuff. So when you're looking for a theme, it's a good idea to look for a theme that does exactly what you want it to do in terms of the way it's displaying the content. So I chose a theme that just shows a little bit on the front page of the most recent posts. Okay, I hope that makes sense. I, I kind of rambled a little bit, but I hope that makes sense to you. Now, there is one way of doing it, even if your theme does not is not set up in a way that it just shows the excerpt. What you can do is you can use the read more tag as you're adding your content to your blog. So in your post editor, when you just click on a new add new post and you're typing that post, you enter the title, you enter the content, you can select a certain point in your post to say, I just want to show up to this point. And then in order to read the rest, they have to click read more or continue depending on what your theme um, does. So if you look in the toolbar that's right there in the post editor, you will see an icon that says insert more tag. Or alternatively, you can just click on Alt, Shift, and T 
And what it's going to do is everything from that point, it's going to put a line and everything beyond the line, you have to click on continue or read more in order to see the rest. So that's one easy way of doing that so that it's not showing your entire post on that main page. So Butch, I hope that, um, I hope that answers your question. We're going to move on to the next question from Catherine Ibarra about uh, Twitter. So take, take it away, Catherine. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. I don't have that one loaded up. Uh, let me just fix that really quick. All right, sorry for that technical glitch. Uh, we're going to go with Catherine now. Take it away, Catherine. Hi, Leslie. My name is Catherine Ibarra. First off, I have to tell you that I am so excited about your Become a Blogger course. Um, because it was so well done, I actually created my blog. And that is just absolutely huge for me because I don't know much about the Internet. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I truly love, um, love your course. But um, on top of that, I could not have accomplished it without your help. So what I'd like to know, my question is, is do you have a course on how to Twitter? Because I keep hearing about Twittering, although when I look into it, it's just scary. Um, and then my blog is um, called Merely Expressing My Opinion. And my first blog is actually all about your course because I wouldn't have done it without you. So thank you so much. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, Catherine, for your feedback. I'm so glad that you've not just found value in Become a Blogger, but you actually took action and you started your blog. Yeah, that's what that's what gets me excited right there. Keep that up. Keep taking action. And then keep coming back and letting me know how it's going because I'm always interested in finding out how you guys are doing. In terms of your question, do I have a course on Twittering? On, on Twitter? No, I do not. I do not have a course on Twitter, that is something that I do intend to add to become a blogger in the future because I, I, I think that's something that is very relevant today and I want to add that and I will be adding that at some point in the future. But I don't want to leave you empty-handed. I want to give you some uh, some quick tips that you can use now to, 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 to get on Twitter and have it not be so intimidating. Here are my quick, quick tips. First, sign up for a Twitter account. Very simple. Then complete your really short profile with a very short descriptive tagline. You want something that is relevant to your niche. If you're using this as a way to market yourself or market your blog, you want something that's relevant to your niche. And then you want your URL to your website so that when people find you on Twitter or they interact with you on Twitter and they want to say, hey, who's this Catherine Ibarra? I want to find out what she's about. They can go to MerrilyExpressingMyOpinion.com and find out a little more about who you are. So you want a short, descriptive, short but sweet descriptive tagline. So for example, on mine, I just changed it recently since I'm focusing on my biology blog to um, biology teacher to the world, changing one changing the world one blog at a time. And then I have a, the URL to my interactive biology site. So that's the first thing. You, you want to make sure to do that. You want to make sure to have a picture on there. I hate when I try to connect with people on Twitter and I don't even see a picture. When I see that, I never follow that person because it tells me that they're not engaged with what's going on. So make sure to have a nice picture of yourself um, on your profile so that people can see you or see something that's very relevant to your niche. The next thing is, 
as you're engaging on Twitter, you want to be informative and relevant to your niche. Not in a way that's contrived, but if your niche is something that you're passionate about, you're going to be wanting to talk about that, right? Because you're passionate about it. So you want to be informative, give good tips, share share content that you found online that's relevant so that people can see, hey, this person is active. This person has interesting to say, interesting things to say about things that I am interested in. So you want to do that. One key thing is do not over-promote. A lot of people get on Twitter and all they're doing is spamming a bunch of links. Every time they have a blog post, they're just posting a link to that blog post and then they're posting links from their archives and all that stuff. Social media is about being social. It's not about promoting. However, you can promote and you can do it effectively if you are doing it in a way that's engaging. So you want to be social. You want to connect with people in your niche. You want to follow people in your niche and have real conversations because that's what social media is about. Last tip. Make sure, I didn't, let me check to see if you have that on your blog, but you want to make sure that your content is shareable. And you can do that by installing a, a social sharing plugin. I think the one that I talk about in Become a Blogger is Socialize. Um, you can install that plugin, or one, another one that I've used is called Dig Dig. D-I-G-G, D-I-G-G, that puts a floating um, share bar on your site. Something that when someone comes to your site and they want to share it on Twitter, they can easily share it on Twitter. So you want to make it as easy as possible for them. So those are a few of the quick tips for using Twitter. Twitter is a place for you to connect with people, for you to engage people, for you to um, connect with people and, and, and offer them things of value. And that the most valuable thing is that relationship with you. So be there, be social. I am, I am actually just getting into Twitter even more so now. Um, and I'm learning a few advanced strategies that I do hope to share in the future. But since this episode isn't all about Twitter, I just wanted to give you some of those quick tips and... Um, yeah, move on from there. So the next question, actually, before I, I answer the next question, I just want to emphasize if you have questions and you want me to answer those questions on this podcast, like I'm doing right now, you can always call the hotline. And that number is 888-835-2414. Oh, man, I should have just played Butch Gibson doing that one again. <laughs> and that would have done it, right? Um, so, yeah, you can always call the hotline at... Uh, um, 888-835-2414. Or if you are out of the U.S. and you can't call that number, you can go to becomeablogger.com slash feedback and you can just record it from your computer right there. And there's some instructions there on how to easily do that. So the next question is from Dr. Nikki from ReverseDiabetesHolistically.com. And this has to do about ebooks, um, whether you should do it in the Kindle um, store or let's just let her ask the question. Go ahead, Dr. Nikki. Hi, Leslie. I hope you are well and blessings to your mom for her health and healing. This is Dr. Nikki at Reverse Diabetes holistically.com and here's my question I am trying to wrap my mind around the concept of an ebook that I'm creating going on Amazon Kindle versus 
selling it through my blog. Um, I've inquired in different forums and, you know, gotten some different opinions, and I'm, I'm still, there's something where I'm just not connecting the dots to understand which is better when. Um, I know on Kindle, for instance, there's a ton more eyes um, than I have access to. At this point, my blog isn't even launched yet. I'm working on it. I understand that. I also understand that on Kindle, you know, the book might sell for $2.99, let's say, while on my website it might be $19, um, quite a difference, and I'm just not sure how to make that decision. So if you have insight around that, that would be awesome, and thanks for what you do. Um, I enjoy your podcast and your blog and communicating with you in Google Plus and Facebook and so on. So, peace. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Nakey, for for not answering, but for calling in that question. It's a great question, and you did already mention some of the differences between the two, um, and those differences are important differences. There are a number of different perspectives where that's concerned and which one is better and so on, but I'll give you my take on this whole thing. Um, When it comes to... Uh, you know, having your ebook on Kindle, I think it's a great platform. And actually, disclaimer: I've never done this, um, so I am not th- probably the most informed where this is concerned. But from what I've gathered, there there are a few benefits of listing your products and in the Amazon Kindle store, your your ebook in the Amazon kin- the Amazon Kindle store. The biggest benefit is the fact that there is a marketplace there, and people search there every single day for books, for things related to things that they're interested in. And if your ebook, your Kindle book, is ranking well in the Amazon marketplace, that can even get you more exposure because there's ratings. People can rate your book and get feedback about it before they even buy it. So if you have a great con, if you have a great book and a lot of people are buying it and they're leaving great reviews, that's going to make it Um, increase in rankings, and that can give you a significant amount of exposure. The platform is fully taken care of. And you probably notice when you search for one item in Amazon, it also shows you other items that are related. And if yours is related to something that someone else is searching for and yours is something that's reputable and people are leaving great feedback, the chances of that showing up in those associated product section increases significantly. Now, in terms of if you are selling it on your own, you have a PDF that's for download or you're using a service like eJunkie to sell it from your website, yes, you get to set the price. You own everything. You're responsible for everything. Um, And personally, I'll give you my personal opinion in terms of what I would do. Personally, well, no, not what I would do, what I do. I do have my study guide that I sell from the Interactive Biology blog, and I just use eJunkie, and I sell it for $34.95, and it sells well because I have a decent amount of traffic. The fact is this. There are tons of ebooks out there, and there's always a fight to get exposure for yours. If you already have a platform, that makes it significantly easier. If you do not, it does not make it significantly easier. Um, 
And if you have a platform and you are already sending people to Amazon to get your Kindle, your Kindle book and they're leaving great reviews and you're getting decent purchases, there's a built-in mechanism for amplifying those sales. At least that's my perspective. Um, so in terms of which one is better, I think they're just different. Um, if I were just starting out, I personally would just you know create it on my own. Uh, list it on eJunkie, sell it via eJunkie on my website. I set the price, I build the relationships, I nurture the relationships, and I control more of the pie. Um, of course, with Amazon, you are paying out some of it to Amazon. Um, so that's another factor. So, you know, which one is better? Ah, I don't really know, but I personally prefer to own it since it's digital. I can control many aspects about the book, regardless of whether you use Amazon or you sell it on your own, it's going to take work to get exposure to it, to get it out there, and to get people to start even talking about it, to share it. It is something that takes work. So just choose one. Um, I, I I have friends that have used kind, the, the Kindle store. They have audiences, and um, they've also benefited from the exposure on Amazon. So it's 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 one of those things where uh, you choose one and you go with it, and you just do the best that you can with that. I hope that answers your question. Like I said, I'm not an expert when it comes to this Kindle stuff, um, but. Uh, yeah, that's my answer. So the next question is from Falaz Almalut from foodhandlerhq.com, and this has to do with video distribution services. So take it away, Falaz. Hi, Leslie. This is Falaz Almalut from foodhandlerhq.com, which is a relatively new niche site. And my question is, have you experimented with video distribution website, uh, websites like OneLoad, where you would load your video one time and you're able to distribute it to multiple uh, video hosting platforms in order to maximize the amount of backlinks to your website and to drive traffic the traffic to your blog. Um, and if so, if you have tried it, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts um, and feedback about um, using that option for marketing purposes. Uh, thank you so much. God bless and I hope to hear from you. Thank you. Another great question. Thank you so much for calling that in. Video distribution services. You know, this is something that um, I don't use right now, but I will be using and I have used in the past. I think it's a, it's a pretty decent idea. Um, when I first started internet marketing, I was using it, but at the time I was teaching internet marketing um, and the service, I think at that time it was called TubeMogul. And then eventually they changed to OneLoad, but they banned my account. And the reason they banned my account is because they didn't want anyone on there that's teaching internet marketing. Um, but then I was also, I started using one from my interactive biology site, but I hadn't really gotten into it. And I'll tell you why I didn't do it at the time. The reason why I didn't do it at the time is because I felt that if I'm going to have my videos, my content somewhere, I want to be there to engage with them. So if I put my videos on YouTube, I want to have some engagement there as opposed to just putting it on Vimeo and not even being there or putting it somewhere else and not being there. Viddler or one of those other video services. Now, as my, 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 my biology blog has grown... I was not even able to keep up with what's going on on YouTube. And I found that that, was not, it, that did not slow down the growth. Um, I was still providing value, and that's the important thing. So I'm actually reevaluating 
um, this, you know, this idea and I'm considering doing it again. The idea, once again, is you upload it to OneLoad or one of these distribution services. And instead of having to go to multiple services to upload them individually, you let OneLoad send it to all of these different video sharing sites. Um, and the great thing about that is you have it in multiple places. If people are searching on Viddler for, you know, the action potential, um, they, they might find some of my videos on the action potential. So I think it's a great idea to do. I don't really see any negative sides to doing it. Uh, so if it's something that you're considering doing for last, go ahead, about, go ahead and do it. Let me know how it goes because I'm about to start it myself. Um, and um, yeah, that's my answer to your question. So yeah, have at it and let me know how it goes. I'm going to have at it and I will let you know how it goes too. Uh, the next question is from Gary Palmer from OregonFishShow.com. I just love the diversity of bloggers that are out there. Anyhow, Gary, take it away. Hi, Leslie. This is Gary Palmer with OregonFishShow.com. Hey, I really like your podcast and I appreciate all the information that you share. I have a question for you. My uh, show, the OregonFishShow.com, is only on my own blog and on um, YouTube. And I'd like to put it on uh, iTunes. I wonder if you could recommend the best way to do that. Thank you very much. All right, that's another great question. Thank you for calling that in because that's, this is something that I'm doing right now. <laughs> Gary, this is how it works, right? Um, what you do is you submit your, your podcast feed to iTunes. And what it does, iTunes automatically looks at your, your posts and they, see, uh, they, they, they scan to detect if there are any downloadable audio files or video files. And they serve that and via iTunes automatically. Now, how do you go about doing this? Well, the first thing you want to do, okay, you have your videos. I went and checked out your, your, your blog and you have your videos on YouTube, which is great for exposure and for traffic and all that kind of stuff. But when you submit your feed to iTunes, it is not going to detect those and allow those to be downloadable. Okay, so you need something that's different. First, you need to find a place other than I I mean other than YouTube to store your videos because you need to have a direct URL to those individual video files. All right? So I use well there are a number of different services for for podcasting I use Libsyn at libsyn.com l i b s y n.com and I use that for so storing all of my mp3 files now with my videos for my biology blog I'm also using that to store those files um and then I get a direct URL to those files then the next thing you want to do is you want to use a plugin that will add the add it to your blog as an enclosure that is read by iTunes and the plugin that I use is the Blueberry PowerPress plugin that's blueberry without the e so b l u b r r y I don't know why they spelled it that way um, but blueberry powerpress and once you've installed that plugin that allows you to con configure your feed in a way that it's optimized for iTunes. Okay, so that's the next thing that you want to do. Then what it will do is when you're adding a, a post to your blog that's a part of your podcast, right beneath that post editor section, there's going to be a, po a, a section for you to add the direct URL 
to that video file. And you can just add that there. Um, there's some configuration that you'll need to do, but the instructions are pretty self-explanatory and there are tutorials that show you how to do that. The next thing I want to emphasize is if you're doing a video podcast, which I see that you are doing, you want to have a category for that podcast or for all of those videos and use that category only for that video podcast. All right. That is very important because then what you're going to do is take the feed from that category and submit it. There are different ways of doing this. And I know I'm getting a bit technical. And if you have questions about this, you can ask them in the comments to this episode. Uh, this is episode number 109. So becomeablogger.com slash episode 109. Once you've created that category, you know all of your, your, your video podcasts are going to be in that category. You want to grab the feed. The feed will be at yourdomain.com slash category slash whatever it is the name of the category is so it may be podcast slash feed okay so yourdomain.com slash category slash podcast slash feed that is the feed that you're going to be using you want to take that feed and i recommend for you to take it into feed burner and set up a feed burner account if you don't have that already set up that feed and optimize that feed for iTunes by going to the Optimize tab, the SmartCast settings, and giving it all of the details that you want iTunes to have. So that's your podcast artwork, your description, and all that stuff. You want to give all of that. Then you're going to go to the iTunes store and submit that feed to iTunes. Does that sound complicated? Um, if you're confused about the feed burner, make sure you check out you check out the ten free videos. Video number ten shows you how to set up feed burner, and you can go through how to do that. And then, if you're a become a blogger premium member, I actually walk through all of this in the members area in the module that deals with podcasting. Um, so it's kind of hard to explain all the details, but I hope you got that. I hope it made sense. And if you have questions, come back and ask them. The next question is from Jason Love from jasonloveslife.com. I love that um, uh, URL about Twitter adders. So let's take it away, Jason. Hello, Leslie. This is Jason Love with jasonloveslife.com. I do a blog on making web comics, mostly the, the business side, because there's not a lot of blogs about the business aspect of making web comics, and I use um, some so, um, I use some marketing software such as TweetAdder and some of the other ones that um, automate some of the processes to help build social social media contacts. And I get asked a lot how how I end up building such a, a big following on Twitter specifically, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous about sharing that information because. Um, comic book people and web comics, I could, I could see that hurting me. So I'm curious if I think it would really benefit a lot of other creators, but I'm worried that it'll, there'll be a backlash in the sense of them thinking that I'm, I'm spammy or, or something like that. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Should I go ahead and share share that and see what, uh, what the reaction is, or should I hold that to myself and kind of um, maybe you know, slowly test and see what, what people think. Yeah, I'd love to, love to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much. Bye. 
Great question, Jason. So, so here's the concept, right? Um, for anyone that's not familiar with these Twitter adders or these auto-follow, auto-following um, programs that you can use, um, there are these programs that what they do is they allow you to follow a bunch of people, and you can set the rate at in terms of how many people you want to follow per day. Um, you can follow people that are um, interested in a specific topic. You can follow all kinds of people, and the idea is you you're following these guys with the hopes that they're going to follow you back. And many of them do follow you back when they get when someone follows them, it sends them an email, say, hey, Jason Love has followed you on Twitter. And they go and they say, oh, OK, Jason Love looks uh, Jason Love looks interesting. So I'm going to follow him back. And then it also has a feature where if they don't follow you back within a certain amount of time, you can automatically unfollow them. So it's a way of increasing your your Twitter followers um, in a relatively short period of time. Here's the problem with this. Number one, it is against the terms of service with Twitter. And I know why a lot of people do it. I've actually tried this out in the past, but with MySpace, you know, way back in the Stone Age when we had MySpace, I tried it out with that and I was able to get a significant amount of followers. And, um, and you know, it was kind of interesting, you know. But then I've realized that it was against the terms of service for pretty much every social network. Um, and because of that, well, not only that, but it's it's almost, uh, it's kind of an artificial way of building your subscriber count or your follower count. And I understand why people do it. You know, it, it's an easier way to do it. But really, I think that slow and steady wins the race. I rather, th- I rather gain one follower who actually found me and thought that I had something great to offer and decided to follow me. Now, if you read in the Twitter um, terms of service, it says clearly the only auto-following behavior Twitter allows is automated or bulk follow back. So that's only when someone already follows you, you can automatically um, follow them. So it goes on to say this refers to following a user after they have followed you. Please review our follow rules and best practices for a detailed discussion of following recommendations. So they have a lot of guidelines where that's concerned. They actually have other things to say about it. And they've actually banned a ton of accounts for doing this. Now, there are people that teach you how to do it in a way that you don't get banned by following only a certain amount and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it gets a bit tricky. Um, So I would... Personally, I would never teach people to do that um, because you are teaching people to violate the terms and services. And, you know, it's possible that Twitter might put the hammer down on that and it might result in them being banned. And you're the one that introduced them to that concept. So for me, it's better to be safe than than sorry. (laughs) Slow and steady wins the race. Grow your followers the genuine way by actually following people that you are 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 trying to engage with, um, and you know people that have used these Twitter adders. You know, I, I'm not saying necessarily anything against them, but it's just not the way that I prefer to do things when it comes to social media. Yes, I prefer to do it the slow way, and sometimes it's painfully slow. But you know what? It's the way that works for me. So I hope that answers your question, Jason. Uh, the next one is from Camille Kuzinski. Hello, my name is uh, Camille Kuzinski, and I would like to ask how to create a good product for my readers if I am not uh, expert in my niche. It means I study, I am better and better, but I am not still 
very very good how can i create very good product thank you Thank you for your question, Camille. So your question was basically, how do you create a, pro a, a great product while you're not an expert in your niche? I have a few tips. Tip number one, become an expert in your niche. <laughs> Go out there and study that niche. Um, if, if you're building a blog about something that you're trying to become an authority in, um, you, you're making the decision to invest time to become good at something and to share that with people. Um, so one way of doing that is by becoming an expert, reading a lot, checking out what other bloggers have to say, studying up on your niche and learning more about your niche so that you can share that information with people. That's number one. Number two, just be real about the fact that you're going through a process about learning about your niche. Sometimes the journey is more interesting than the destination. So by being there, by, by showing up and by learning and by sharing what you're learning, you'd be surprised at how much value you can add. That's tip number two. Tip number three, if you're not an expert, go out there and interview people that are experts and use that as a way to build your platform so that it's not necessarily that you are the expert, but you become the expert by association. So you can do an, an interview series where you're getting you know the top names in your niche or just people that are interested in your niche. You're having dialogues and so on, and you're building a community around that niche because you're able to connect with people that are in that niche. And lastly, once again, you don't have to necessarily be the ultimate expert, but you can be a filter for your audience. So you can be the one that's going out there and researching and then sharing that information, putting your own take on it. I'm not just talking about automatically syndicating content, but I'm talking about being that filter so they don't have to go out there and find everything. Um, so those are some ways that you can still create a great product while not being an expert in your niche. Oh man, okay, so it's 45 minutes now. I gotta start this music because I think we're going a bit long. <laughs> I hope you guys got a bunch of value from that and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna split this in two. So if you have questions that you wanna ask um, and you would like me to answer it on not the next podcast because it will be that interview with Marlee Ward, but the one after that, ah, oh, this gets me pumped. Call the hotline. I'm gonna play the number at the end and um, I will be answering your questions just like I answered it for this episode and just any time in the future. If you're hearing this in 2025 and I'm still doing this podcast, call the hotline. Hopefully the number is still the same by then. Um, and uh, I will be answering your questions on your show. So that's it for what I have to talk about. I want to let you know, once again, freebloggingvideos.com. Head on over there. Learn how to get your blog up and running fast. You will get to watch my screen as I set a blog up from scratch, from doing the research to installing WordPress, getting a nice design, and creating content to inspire others and change the world. Freebloggingvideos.com. So... Yeah, that's it for this episode. I don't have anything else to say. So until next time, take care. God bless. Listen to the music and have fun. I will talk to you next week. Come back and leave a comment too. Yeah, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought about this. Take care. God bless.